Hello, friends, and welcome back to the While We're Waiting Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith, and yes, even joy. Underlying every conversation is the hope we have in Jesus Christ, which makes it possible to not just survive the loss of a child, but to live well while we're waiting to see them again in heaven one day. You can learn more about our ministry and the free bereaved parent retreats we host by visiting our website at www.whilewearewaiting.org. Welcome to episode number 158. I have some wonderful guests to introduce to you on the podcast today, but before I do that, I'd like to take just a few minutes to share about the While We're Waiting events we had the privilege of hosting in Botswana, Africa at the end of June. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you may remember my friends Scott and Karen Harmoning and Lisa Armstrong, because all of them have been guests, and I'll link their interviews in the show notes for you in case you miss those episodes. In June of 2017, the Harmoning 17-year-old daughter Sarah was on the first leg of a mission trip to Botswana when the church bus wrecked on the way to the Atlanta airport and she was killed. Since that time, Scott and Karen have traveled to Botswana several times and served the people there. They were scheduled to make the trip again this year, and Lisa, another bereaved mom, was going to accompany them. Karen and Lisa discussed the possibility of hosting a small luncheon for bereaved moms while they were there, and through a series of circumstances only God could have orchestrated, my husband and I and our ministry partners Larry and Janice Brown had the privilege of joining them in Botswana, and that small luncheon for a few ladies became two full-blown while-we're-waiting events attended by well over 100 bereaved parents. Because of the way child loss is dealt with in their culture, most of these dear moms and dads had never had the opportunity to talk about their children who died, and they felt very isolated in their grief. These events allowed them to build relationships with one another, discuss their faith in light of child loss, and form strong bonds of community. We, as the facilitators, felt led by the Holy Spirit to step back, allowing them to have ownership of all that happened that week. So if they choose to continue the ministry of bringing bereaved parents together, they are already equipped to do so. Lisa, Scott, and Karen also had the opportunity to speak to a large group of pastors and pastors' wives, as well as a group of counselors about grief ministry, and we believe the impacts of that could be far-reaching in helping these professionals understand more about child loss and how to serve bereaved parents. So we are humbled and grateful for all that God did during the time we were there, and we pray that the work will continue as He sees fit. I had initially thought I would record a full episode about our experiences there, but honestly, I don't want to draw any undue attention to ourselves, because it's not about us. It's about God and the work He's doing in the people of Botswana, so I decided just to share this brief summary, because we know so many of you prayed for us, and some even provided financial support to allow these events to take place. We are grateful for you. So, on to our episode. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you my friends, Tommy and Susan Cartwright from Pineville, Louisiana. They are the parents of Chad, a personable young man with a magnetic personality and a tender heart who served honorably in the military, completing a 13-month tour of Iraq. He fought another battle as well, and that was the battle against addiction, and ultimately God received him into heaven in May of 2011 due to an accidental heroin overdose. 
Today, the Cartwrights share his story and discuss the impact his passing had on their marriage. Lean in and be encouraged. Hi, Tommy and Susan. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Jill. We are absolutely blessed and thankful to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you are welcome. I've been looking forward to having you guys on because uh, you've been to a while waiting weekend, but it was not one that Brad and I were facilitating. So we really didn't get a chance to sit down and get to know you guys. So I'm looking forward to hearing your story for myself today. And I appreciate you coming on. So let's just get started by giving you all a chance to tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself. Tell us where you're from and what life is like for you there. Well, we uh, live in Pineville, Louisiana, and we've been married uh, 34 years this month. My boys, Jason and Chad, were nine and five when Tommy and I married. Jason is now 41 and has given us three wonderful grandchildren. Chad ran up head to heaven on May the 12th, 2011. Tommy retired from a local utility company in 2021, and I've been a retired registered nurse for a little over a year now. We serve on staff at our church, and we're actively involved in small group ministries, celebrate recovery, and we help co-lead uh, our one wedding support group in Louisiana, which I have to add the first in Louisiana. We're very, very happy about that. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you live a very busy life, it sounds like. Uh, you, yeah, you needed to retire, so you would have time to do some of those things, for sure. That's right. Yes, yeah. we say now we don't know how we ever worked and did what we did. Yes. We're busier than ever. Yeah, exactly. But it sounds like you're busy with lots of very good things, so that's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're here today to talk about Chad. Take a few minutes and just tell us about him. Help us get to know him a little bit. Chad was an amazing person. Um, As a little boy, he had huge blue eyes and a head full of blonde curls. He um, has always been, always was the center of attention. Um, I mean, from the minute he was born, uh, everywhere he went, he had a magnetic personality. He was comical. He had a tender heart and he was very well liked by everyone. He loved the outdoors and and Tommy has a, a little, a little something he always loves to share about Chad oh, when he was little. Chad said when he was little, all I want to do when I grow up is have a, have a cabin in the woods, rake leaves for a living, and eat SpaghettiOs. <laughs> <laughs> rake leaves for a living and eat SpaghettiOs and live in a cabin. Sounds like a pretty good life. Yes. <laughs> yes. He had it simply done. Yeah. A, yeah. a nice, simple right. life. Yes. One of the most important things I can say about Chad is that uh, he accepted Jesus when he was eight years old. When we got home after church that day, we found that Chad's hamster had died. And we were having a little service for the hamster. And Chad said, I I have to speak. I have to say something. And he said, this is the best and worst day of my life. Mm. Wow. So that's so sweet. So he had he had accepted Jesus at church that day and yes. then came home to yes. Oh, I gotcha. It was yeah. on Halloween, October the thirty first. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about his growing up years. Again, up until actually sixth grade in sixth grade he was bused to another school in a not good part of town. That's when he came to get involved with people that um, 
were not good. But uh, again, as a little boy and as a, a, you know, 10, 11 years old, he's a very happy child, very personable. He used to love to watch some chick flick movies with me, which was, which was a lot of fun. Sure. And um, just, he was just a helper. He loved life and he always had so many plans. He was always just so excited about life. Yeah. Sounds like a fun kid to be around. Absolutely. He was. Yeah. Yeah. So he began to have some struggles as a teenager. Would you mind sharing about that? Yes. As I had said, when he was bused to the sixth grade center is kind of when we really started seeing his problems. He got in with, of course, a, a crowd of kids that he shouldn't have. He began to lie. He became very disrespectful and withdrawn. Uh, by junior high, he had uh, started smoking marijuana and started using Xanax and pain pills. And it took us a couple of years to even really realize what was going on. We knew there were some terrible changes, but we, we just didn't know what they were. He was so angry and he said and did things we would have never imagined and our hearts were broken. We had no idea where that precious little boy had gone mm. that we had raised. Yeah, I'm sure as a parent, that's hard to see. Um, it is. Because it is. you... you you don't want to, number one. Right. You don't want to see it. Yeah. Right. And there's only so much you can do. You know, you love them, That's you right. guide them, you teach them, you know they know right from wrong. Exactly. But our kids make their own choices, don't they? Yes, they, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. Absolutely. So another choice that he made, a very good one, was he decided to join the Army at a young age. Kind of talk about what went into that decision and and the service that he rendered for our country. Chad decided to join the Army at the age of 19 because he said he needed discipline in his life. He actually saw that, and he believed the Army could help him break his addiction. And we thought so, too. Sure. And that's wise discernment. Yes. And that's wise discernment. Yes, yes. it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. He spent three years in the Army, including 13 months in Iraq. Uh, he received the Sharpshooter Medal in basic training, and he was selected to be the gunner for the first sergeant in Iraq. Um, Chad, Chad shared some things with me about the war once he returned home, but he also said there were things he would tell me one day. But unfortunately, that day never came. I've been in contact with several of Chad's fellow soldiers who have shared wonderful stories of his commitment, his talents, his bravery, and his comical personality. Mm-hmm. One story I love to share uh, from a fellow soldier was during a training exercise in Iraq. The unit had to loaded up their gear, all their gear, and they had to have their rucksacks on their back. They had to weigh in those rucksacks, had to weigh 40 pounds. Mm. And then they had to um, go on a, like a 20-mile hike and pretend they were actually in battle. So um, Chad had started having trouble with shin splints a little earlier on here. So when they were trying to actually do this exercise, uh, Chad kind of began to fall behind a little bit. So one of the uh, soldiers offered to carry his rucksack. And the soldier was shocked when he took it off of Chad's back because he said it weighed nothing. Oh. So he, he stopped. <laughs> he opened it and found it was stuck with a pillow. Oh, and my he, goodness. He, he told me he, just recently, he said to this day, he still doesn't know how Chad managed to weigh it in with 40 pounds and end up with a pillow. So yeah. Wow. He was, he was quite a clever young man. <laughs> yeah. That is a great story. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm sure he was well loved by all of his his teammates. He was. They all said such amazing things about him. And, you know, he kept everybody else pumped up and he was always positive. And again, so reliable and dependable that um, he actually was chosen to be the gunner for the first sergeant. So that's a huge honor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow. So I know he joined the military in kind of an effort to break the hold that those addictions had on him. Was that successful? What happened with that? Yeah, um, it was successful for a time, mm-hmm. uh, no doubt about that. But um, he, when he came home from Iraq, he definitely had PTSD, and, and there he had he was very emotional sometimes. Um, very anxious, which was not like him before. And um, I remember one time, I think this is what really started his spiral back into drugs. After he came home, he had a motorcycle that he had bought with his big bonus he got for going to Iraq. And he ended up having a wreck on the motorcycle and had severe road rash on one side of his body. So he's in ER Thank God that that's all it was, but they did send him home on pain medicine. Sure. And then from there, it seemed to just spiral out of control. And he um, had at least two overdoses, which he survived by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. He also went to rehab on at least three occasions. I remember one morning in particular before he went to the last rehab, I found him curled up in the fetal position in his closet. He was sobbing and he was telling me he was so ashamed of himself and that he hated his addiction. Mm. He looked up at me with huge tears in his eyes and he said, mom, I just want you to know that I would never ever kill myself, but sometimes the pain is so bad. I just wish God would take me. Mm. And God did receive Chad in heaven on Thursday morning, May 12th, 2011 due to an accidental heroin overdose. This was a phone call no parent ever wants to receive. I felt as if the earth just immediately opened and swallowed me up into a deep black hole. And it was only by the grace of God, our amazing shepherd of a pastor, and the prayers and love of our Christian family that we've made it through. Yeah. Wow, my heart just my heart goes out to Chad thinking of him, you know, in that in that position. Yes. You just have to wonder, and I know you wonder, what role the the service in Iraq, you know, what the things that he must have saw and experienced and heard and and dealt with there, how that must have complicated his coming home and and um, right, yeah. right. Yeah, there are several stories that I won't share, I won't go into, but he saw and had to do a lot of things that young men shouldn't have to do. Right. For right. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My heart goes out to him and to you. And, you know, certainly so much respect for his service and for what he did for our country. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. Today, the day that we're recording is the day after Memorial Day. And, um, you know, just spending spending the day yesterday kind of with the Brown family who, you know, listeners of the podcast may know their story and attending a, a beautiful Memorial Day service. It just 
remind you how important it is to remember these men and women, whether they died in battle or whether they died after they returned home due to issues that that may remain from their service. Uh, I just think it's so important to honor them. And so, you know, I thank you for Chad and and for his service. I I am thankful for Chad and for his service um, and for your sacrifice as parents. Thank you. Yeah. We really feel blessed and honored that we have this amazing story to tell about Chad. Tommy and I talked about this yesterday. There are so many things, you know, that other people will never know about him right. and, and that precious, precious person. But um, for those who hear he died of a drug overdose that were able to say he served our country. Yes. And he served well, and, and we're very, very proud of that. Mm-hmm. He's so much more than the way he died. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Right. And I'm so thankful that you have that confidence that he knew the Lord. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. Definitely. Definitely. Right. That's everything. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 So do you feel like a parent who loses a childhood drug overdose has to deal with maybe some additional issues that may complicate the grief journey a little bit. We definitely think so. And some of it may have been self-imposed, but then too, there are sometimes that people say things and in a way that you know what they're really thinking. Yeah. But I believe that the stigma of drug overdose is devastating. Um, I know there are many people out there who think Chad got what he deserved. Mm-hmm. He brought this all on himself. You know, had he not used, he would be alive. Right. And I think we've, we've heard this and been told this because he died in his addiction. There's no way he can be in heaven. Oh, no. Which is totally not true. No, no. All of us have sin in our lives at the time yes. we die. It may not be addiction, but it's something. Right. So, You're right. Yeah. Definitely. But that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's stigma. It's, you know, very similar to parents who've lost children to suicide. Mm-hmm. There's, he's like, as you said earlier, you know, Chad was so much more than his addiction. And that's, that's what we want people to know with all of these children, especially those that struggle with something that led to their death, that yeah. there's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. So you guys have just passed the 12-year mark since Chad went to heaven. How would you say your grief has evolved through the years? Well, uh, of course, in the beginning, it was like living in a fog for me. Uh, it was as if I was, I was here in the world, but I was not present. And I will admit that I was very angry with God at first. And early on, I was angry with other mothers to who still had all their children. I had a lot of really negative effects that I would have never dreamed that I would have. I grieved hard for months, but then I made a decision, which I'm not saying this is the thing to do, but I decided that I needed to just put that grief away on a shelf. So I just kind of, I put it away. And for several years, I could not look at photos of Chad. Tommy had to put them all away. I couldn't talk about him. I certainly couldn't talk about his death. I totally couldn't even read a card that people said. No, nothing, nothing. Um, again, I'm not saying this is healthy, right. but but that's, but that's just your how story. I did it. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's how I did it. Right. Yes. So 
I had trouble putting a period at the end of Chad's earthly life rather than a question mark. We just used your devotional last week in our while we're waiting meeting and that spoke volumes to me and it spoke volumes to the other parents that were there as well. It's just been in the last two and a half years that I've realized that I needed to take that grief back off the shelf and face it. I have found a wonderful Christian counselor and she has helped me finally grieve Chad. And and I, I know this may sound strange, but she's helped me to begin to grieve him in a beautiful way. Mm. She really has. It's really, really changed. I'm uh, strangely finding comfort and joy in facing what has happened now and with what God has done in me through the process. So now I share Chad's story everywhere I go. Tommy and I both proclaim every chance we get that Chad's life mattered and his death will never be in vain. God never wastes a hurt. And we are so grateful for that. And she's actually now starting to share her feelings with me, Mm. with her counselor's advice. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because as husband and wife, you have to grieve. I mean, we grieve differently, obviously, as men and women, but we do have to grieve together. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. What about for you, Tommy? How has your grief evolved over these dozen years or so? Initially, yes, I grieved Chad's death, but also grieved the loss of my wife, Susan, in a sense, because of her process of in the grief it was almost a separation between the two of us until we really got out of the fog and together it took me a little shorter time than it did her but uh, yes I, I would say that, that definitely I suffered the loss of Chad and Susan yeah and it wasn't like an emotional separation no, not to say that, that that doesn't happen as well it wasn't it was an emotional we didn't physically separate right there was there was something in between us for sure yeah because you're not the same people anymore no no we're not, not yeah. at all yeah that's right that's right and so that can really affect the marriage relationship when all of a sudden the person you were married to <laughs> for so long right. changes because grief changes yeah. you Yes, it does. Yeah. Hmm. Definitely, yes. Yeah. So how did you kind of work through that? Um, I guess maybe that kind of naturally began to heal, Susan, as you began to face your grief a little bit more. Yes, yes. And that is, um, again, through my my counselor, she is the one that helped me realize. It's almost like I didn't even realize I was doing it, but I was just internalizing Mm-hmm. And I just kept it all to myself. And so then also sometimes to try to avoid thinking about it, well, I would just get the, the remote control and, you know, zone into TV. And so it was like I was there again, but I wasn't. And I I just didn't share what I was really feeling with him. And, and I, 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 it's not that I can't because there's he is the best he, our roles are reversed a lot like you say yours and Brad's are. Yes. He's the crier. You know, he's the verbalizer. I am not. So um, I've had to learn that I need to tell him what I'm feeling. I do need to. And every time I do, he always says, and of course he tears up, but thank you for telling me that. Thank mm-hmm. you for telling me how you're feeling and what you're thinking. So it it's been a long process, but 
but I'm learning. Yeah. And we have learned through the years to show each other grace and to be available for each other. Yes. We also accept the fact that we will grieve the loss of Chad until we see him again in heaven. Never, and what I say to Susan, you should be over this. Right. Or you should be better by now. Right. Because we won't until we see him. That's right. We'll be better, but we won't be over it. <laughs> right. That's right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good word. That's a good word right there. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, please take just a moment to leave a rating or a review, and please feel free to share it with someone you know who might be helped by it. We're so grateful for all of you who come back and listen every week, and those of you who may be listening for the very first time. I hope God has used it to encourage you today and to help you live well while you're waiting.